0: I saw a somewhere in Mexico on the way back home. Maybe I don't know if
1: it was green. I couldn't stop me. I wish you could stay because I got a lot to say.
0: Welcome, everyone, to the Our Strange Skies podcast. I am your host. Rob Christofferson, and I'm joined today by actor, and writer, Steve Berg. You may have seen him on such shows as The Good Place and The Goldbergs, and you may have heard his voice on Bob's Burgers and Adventure Time and the, the fantastic podcast, Voice to the Stars. But what I know I'm best for is getting drunk on TV and recounting the Roswell crash on Drunk History. <laughs> Steve, welcome to the podcast, man. <laughs> Dude, thanks, Rob. It's great to be here, man. Dude, how do you how do you pitch an idea like that to Derek Waters and say, mm. "I want to I want to recount the Roswell crash"? Because it's not an easy story to recount because it's basically kind of like yeah this like bit of clay that people have added on to for years and years and years, and there really is like yeah. no resolution to. So how do you pitch something like that to well, someone? Well, you know, here's the thing: I knew it had to be funny, so I
1: didn't want to like ever pitch. In, well, okay, here's the real reason. Like, Derek and I are really old friends, and I've been doing Drunk History, and i had been always pitching, like, let me do some kind of, like, weird UFO thing or something like that. He's like, ah, it's hard to do, so it's not really history, and there wasn't a conclusion. And I'm like, fair enough. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> um, because if we had one, we wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> but, uh, but, no, you know, eventually they were doing, like, a, a New Mexico-themed episode. And so I was like, Derek, let me do Roswell. You know, he's like, all right, Roswell's famous enough, people, you know. He's like, okay, let's do it. even though the whole thing is like to me roswell's like the michael bolton of like (laughs) ufos it's like i mean like to me it's the most boring case at this point like i it's like it's you know i mean like i'm sure it's it's important and famous i suppose but what can we learn from it at this point so you know i I just kind of went there and said it was like uh the oh no i can't remember the uh whatever mogul project mogul Mm -hmm. and people actually like commented on the like Comedy Central like webpage, like this guy's an idiot. It's not part of mobile. Like, <laughs> screw him. And I was like, whoa. Like yeah. that was my first case of like UFO vitriol. And I was like, Jesus, this kind of scary man. People are passionate.
0: <laughs> oh, are they ever passionate? They will let you know at the drop of a dime whether you they think you're an idiot or not. It's that is yeah, the way it yeah. is most of the time. Um, but
1: Apparently, a lot of people think I'm an idiot, so that's
0: good. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, when you when you're coming up with Project Mogul, you're, you're bound to just get it. I, I completely understand because, yeah. like, I'm very I'm very skeptical of it just because, like, unless you have the actual bodies, or if you have the UFO, you don't really have a case to make for it because There's,
1: it's not good.
0: No. No, because it it all relies on you at that point to to really bring that forward it's like it's kind of like the the story of of bob lazar like at this point it's on him to bring forward like actual evidence yeah and 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 like you know they they made that big deal about the hand scanner like a few years ago and then i remember somebody on online was like yeah they use that in close encounters of the third kind yeah (laughs)
1: i mean you know part of it though like that kind of stuff and that kind of chicanery is like you know i'm not one of these people who's trying to push the topic forward and, you know and like you know mm-hmm. i think like this country needs to worry about healthcare first you know but right. so this is all personal stuff it's just i love it so much like so much it's the most important thing in the world to me actually like you know mm-hmm. but so bob Lazar and stuff like that part of me i, I think it's so good to have like those kinds of like jokers and he's like a trickster you know like i mm-hmm. i love it it's part of the whole culture of ufology and the history of it. it's it's all rich and wonderful you know do i take it like literally no i don't <laughs> but <Yeah.
0: laughs> right like uh and just given the time period of which his story comes out of it's it's a time period full of grifters i mean oh
1: yeah know- it was rock and roll of ufology I and mean, we just lost one uh you know john lear who yes. i follow john lear You know, up until he stopped kind of, like, you know, posting out in the world. But, like, purely because I thought his stuff was, like, really funny. And he's just so part of, like, you know, the whole, like, 80s UFO scene, which is a little bit before my time. But I have such Mm -hmm. an affinity for it. It was such a cowboy rock and roll, like, you know, like, outlaw scene, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, when you you know, dive into like, uh, project beta or saucers and kooks, you know, like those are great books on the subject. And even unbelievable. Yeah. And even like valets, you know, diaries, like really lend a lot of, uh, you know, insight into that time period as well. Like Mm -hmm. I've talked to people online and they're like, I was in that room when Bill Moore gave that presentation, you know, calling everything Uh out and like, You could like everybody wanted to kill that man,
1: (laughs) dude. Yeah, like Greg Bishop. You know, he's a really good buddy of mine, and he was working his merch table while he was giving the speech. (laughs) Like as people were coming out, like he's like, "Wait, what? (laughs) Holy shit! What happened?" (laughs) Like it's the best. It's the best. Like if if I could like go to any UFO conference in history, it would be that one. Of course. Are you kidding me? That would be a showstopper.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, but yeah, man, today we're, we're talking about a topic that has brought more fear into my life than I ever thought it would, because it's just, it's interesting because there aren't many pop culture figures that you, uh, that alien beings or, uh, you know, ultra terrestrials or something are, are associated with, but in, in this one instance, there is one pop culture figure that does take the cake from time from time to time, and that is the Michelin man.
1: <laughs> Bravo. A round of applause out there for the Michelin man. Yes. What a and legend. Like,
0: yeah, he total total legend uh has been around for like a hundred and some odd years at this point, but like um people have reported since about the 1950s encounters with weird beings that they describe as resembling the Michelin man, like uh, like body type, like these roles on the body and stuff like that. And it's just, it's, it's so wild to think that like people actually see this stuff, but like when I, w- when we decided to do this episode, like what was, what was the first thought that came into your head?
1: Error. Terror. Terror. It, it, it truly was because I had some kind of like cheap ass picture book that I bought as a kid. Cause so I started collecting UFO books when I was like, you know, like eight or nine, like I still have all my UFO books when I was a kid. And I remember there was this one chart and it had like all the known species who had visited earth, you know, and they like, yeah. like a cat cat person. And one of them was the Michelin man. And I remember just staring at me, I go like, that is, it, 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 I don't know why it's terrifying. It's not like a fun alien. That, that's one, like I would no. run away in terror. It it is sheer terror and the way it behaves, you know, like, we'll we'll get into that, but like, yeah, it's, it is so weird and I just love it. Very Lynchian.
0: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Especially when, you know, you're, you're riding your motorcycle just down the road and like, there's two of them that just pop out of nowhere. They're just there and then they disappear. It's
1: yeah. Oh man.
0: Yeah yeah it is the the surreal it's
1: so surreal And i think that like it's like i don't know how your brain can uh well you know sorry i will dally on we'll we'll get into that
0: (laughs) so yeah so uh i i think uh you know to start with we need to give the listeners a little bit of history on the actual michelin man and where this uh, figure comes from so the michelin man was created by the michelin brothers Edouard and Audre claremont for in Clermont ferrand france and as the story goes the brothers allegedly saw a, a pile of tires and thought hey if you give this thing arms and legs wouldn't they be nightmare fuel for years i mean if they're not thinking that what the hell yeah <laughs> They do this initial sketch and then cartoonist Marius uh Rosalone gets gets kind of gets his hands on it, paints this figure for an advertising campaign for this Munich Brewing Company. And, uh, you know, they de- picture they depict him as this like patron saint of like brewers, uh, which sounds even more horrifying. <laughs> yeah, that will, that will get you to stop drinking. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> I love beer, but no thanks, man. <laughs> no, we're, uh, we're we're hanging it up after that. But uh, <laughs> this figure was eventually dubbed. Uh, he was given a name, uh, Bibendum, which is. You know, I, I I don't really know what to do with that damn name, but like, yeah, it's
1: very. It sounds like a you know angelic demon that Crowley was gonna spawn. You know, like it's babendum. Yeah, <laughs> yeah yes.
0: it's, it has a very scary ring to it. It does. It does. Uh, you know, it was allegedly inspired by a uh, French driver who kept yelling uh, "voila babendum" and, and and kept saying it. So, uh, uh the word. <laughs> Bibendum means drink in Latin, which is like, again, why? Like we're selling tires here, but then and then, and then you know, you now are trying to sell beer, but I, it's not going to work out. So this name sticks around and it doesn't make sense because uh, eventually it comes to the, the Michelin Tire Company they take it, they run with it. And the company's first slogan, uh, quote, the Michelin tire drinks up obstacles. Like, OK, advertising campaigns of old. <laughs> Has anyone ever said that? Like, I mean, like, no. that.
1: that is that I mean, like, you know, like even, I, that's that's wonderful. Mm
0: hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the reason why the Michelin man is white is because up until about the late 1800s or so, every tire that came off the, off the line was white in color. So they've never changed that Michelin man has been uh, white throughout history and uh, was used heavily in advertising campaigns. Like in the early, like they had costumes that are just pure nightmare fuel. They even had a band, um, the, the Michelin band, although there was a Reddit user named uh, Isacore who dub them best, Monsignor Bibendum and the Bendy Boys. (laughs) It's just so great.
1: (laughs) Oh, I mean,
0: it's just... This is delicious, man. (laughs) It is. It is. is. Uh, So we go from advertising mascot to humanoid that is sometimes observed with UFOs and sometimes not. So... Um, the first and earliest account we have of a Michelin type creature goes back to May of 1995 in the French city of Danone, which is, you know, it's it's very fitting. Michelin man from France, first sighting in France. So uh, the uh, witness's name is M. Drago, and he was returning home from the movies when he was struck by a beam of blue green light. And the source of this light was an object that was floating just above the ground. And near this object were two strange creatures dressed in metallic jumpsuits, quote, similar to the Michelin Man. They wore large helmets. And despite their voluminous suits, they were just collecting soil samples, you know, because aliens and soil samples.
1: That's a great I mean, that's a classic telltale sign of aliens, man. They were always collecting soil samples back then. They need them. Yeah
0: yeah they just they need them like uh the the george obarski stonehenge incident they really went overboard with that they got like 12 bags like do you really need 12 bags of soil that
1: but i mean that's good dirt obviously that's the sacred holy dirt you could see how they would they would load up at stonehenge you
0: know yeah yeah absolutely and uh you know these uh these beings stopped for a moment to actually uh, peer inside their craft through a porthole. And there were other figures that uh, Drago could actually see on the inside moving about. And and though he was kind of rooted to the spot by some mysterious force, he, he desperately just wanted to run. His fears subsided when the Michelin men climbed the stairs to their craft and in a manner similar to the slow movements of deep-sea divers, which, I, like... All I could think of is just like, you know, the the guys on like Who's Line or something like miming this shit. Yeah. Like, that's how I oh, see yeah. it in my head.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, I did a decade worth of improv on stage. So I I did a lot of, uh you know, space work running in, you know, running in place in slow-mo. Mine was never very good, though. The, those Who's Lines guy, man, they got it. <laughs>
0: But I mean, like you've, at least you've got experience in the field, man. I can respect I that. Do. You, you know, I, do. Where I can are. say I
1: have a lot in that, <laughs> a lot of <laughs> running in slow-mo on
0: stage at the grown man. So maybe you can give these Michelin folks a little lesson on how it's done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, love, I got notes. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he does have notes for you. He will pass yeah. them along. We're not sure if you could read them because we don't know about the language <laughs> barrier here, but you know what?
1: Killing you um, on the soil sample the slow motion thing. It needs work. Need
0: A <laughs> <laughs> little of tweaking. Uh, you got to yeah. get the gravity right here, folks. Gravity exactly. right. <laughs> uh, so, Drago, he's, he's eventually able to break free and run home where. You know, he just locks the doors behind him. And I think what's interesting is like uh, this case comes on the heels of the 1954 flap in France in which people kept seeing UFOs and uh, figures that they uh, said were wearing, quote unquote, diving suits. So it's kind of a continuation of that. It seems like a very similar incident. And all I can say, folks, is. Watch your ass when you come out of a movie theater, because you know what? This isn't the only sighting to happen after coming out of a movie theater.
1: <laughs> oh, mama.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've got a problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm nervous. <laughs> I th- Look, man, I, I did this to us, so I completely understand. I'm, yeah, I'm little- You're giving me nightmares. I feel like a child again. Like, I am terrorized
1: right now. And you're wearing a Stephen King shirt and it, that, it that's messed fair. me up.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's completely fair. Uh, I am totally building some ambiance here and uh, you kind of have to sometimes uh, when you're talking about these cases. Uh, perhaps one of the most infamous Michelin men cases is from the province of Cadiz in, in Spain in 1960. And uh, Cadiz is uh, is an interesting place because we uh I covered uh the um I had Red Pill Junkie on. We talked about like this this weird incident involving shape-shifting aliens and stuff like that. And like it happened in the same province. So something about Cadiz is mm. is very strange. Uh and, yeah, yeah, it's it's enchanted land. It is, it is very enchanted. So the witness in this case, Don Miguel Timmermans Ceballos, was riding his motorcycle in May of 1960. And he had departed Prado del Rey and headed toward uh, Jerez when around 1 p.m. He noticed this like strange figure walking in the road ahead of him. And like the cover image for this incident, it comes from an issue of Stendek. And it's like... Uh, you know, you see this guy driving a motorcycle, and like, there's this hill, and going up this hill, you can see these like figures walking down, and it's like, no, they shouldn't be there. Like, why are they there? <laughs> who who said that it was time for them to appear? And like, this is, oh, man, yeah, like we're talking about a, this is a steep incline, so like, yeah. If you're if you're a being from some other space and your gravity is off, that's not a place you want to be, because if you fall down that thing, there's a chance that we could have a dead Michelin man.
1: Yeah. And it would be such a slow fall, like in slow yes. motion. You know, <laughs> yeah. I imagine, you know, physics would, you know, behave differently with these people. It you would, would fall, think so. Fall a slower rate.
0: Right. Based and got to <laughs> exactly and you got to wonder how durable are those outfits are they as durable as a a you know pile of tires because well
1: you know i hate to bring up something that's even crazier when i was a kid i was under the impression that these were not suits just because because people call them suits i mean like it's not like they can you know they're mechanical looking but i mean like they may not be suits, and that's even something hard to
0: come to terms with. <laughs> you know? I'm not going to sleep tonight, man. What's yeah. done here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am scared for life, uh, yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah. but yeah, on the steep incline, he notices this one figure, and it's it's tall. It's between like it, about seven feet tall. Um, it was completely red from head to foot and it just kind of suddenly appeared at the edges of the highway. And, uh, it seemed, and, and again, like we have with the last one, it has trouble walking. And, uh, he said that, uh, and this is the, this is a quote that just, ugh, it, it was walking like a mechanical doll. And, um, Oh boy. Yeah. No, oh, thank God. you.
1: That's so horrifying. Yeah. That's uh, awful. <laughs> it's so great at the same time. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, yeah. that's so great. I love. I mean, I, I have to tell you, that is one of the greatest things. Is when these ultra terrestrials have trouble moving through space. Yes, or understanding or understanding mundane things. It's just really like nothing brings me
0: more joy. Exactly. And like
1: terror, and terror and terror.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like uh, when you realize that a gray alien. Can be stifled by bed sheets. it is the greatest thing on the planet. I don't yeah. know. How do you put these back on them? Oh just yeah. pile them up
1: <laughs> yeah, that is that is great. I don't even know that story, but you have to tell me after this.:
0: yeah, no there are there are stories of like people being tucked in a little too tight and like in ways that uh, they couldn't have done themselves, and like oh man, yeah, yeah, that's wonderful right oh so another figure appears like a few moments after he catches sight of this first one it's and it's like much shorter about half the size about three foot 11 inches tall it's dressed in red but interestingly enough it has one black boot on its leg oh man
1: like it's injured or something or that does that signify like some sort of like a
0: you know leadership position right <laughs> like, what does that mean <laughs> right like it is it's it's the one detail like yeah all the other stuff is creepy but it's the one details like yeah why is that one have the black boot what is with so the specific, black specific
1: yeah. yeah yeah it's it's really wonderful
0: yeah so these figures they cross the highway uh at a a kind of an angle and they disappear so timberbins he stops the bike gets off he goes looking for them, but he cannot find them and like that is the wonder of all of these cases it's just like as suddenly as they uh take place they just stop so (laughs)
1: yeah 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 it's uh there's no, like, there's never, like, a smooth denouement, like, third act nope. finish. <laughs> these yeah. occurrences, it's, like, it starts in the middle, and that's where it just ends, you know? It's like, right. It, it basically starts in the middle of, like, a, a three-act structure and ends yep. with the all this lost moment. And they're like, all right, see you later. Wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Absolutely, <weird>. man.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> that, that's how these cases go down. Um, oh, they're great. Yes. Uh, so we moved to two years later in 1962 uh, in Brazil and we have three friends and they're leaving a movie theater. So mm. again, we've established leaving a movie theater is a condition for which you can yeah. see Michelin. Yeah. It's
1: yeah, a It's now. part of the ritualistic process for calling in the ultra terrestrials. Yes, obviously. it is. <laughs>
0: it is. We can it figure is. that out. Boom. I, I, exactly. Uh, we're going to need to get on this somebody get in contact with valet we got a new theory for him yeah uh, we're gonna have
1: to call uh christopher mellon and lou Elizondo and make that, sure we, they get this up to the pentagon asap
0: oh gotta get it to the pentagon uh <laughs> <laughs> you know meet me by the pentagon i will be there <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, after midnight these these three friends they leave they round a corner And that's when they hear a whistling sound and they see this object that's hovering about 30 meters or 90 feet in the air. And according to one of the witnesses, a gentleman by the name of Luis Gonzaga, their attention was drawn to a small being, which had a strong resemblance to quote a figure from the tire factory Michelin. This figure was rotund with a big head, short arms and legs dressed in a suit Made from a material resembling "quote thin skin." Now, I believe this was translated, so like I, I don't like any of this. I just, even if it's a, it's a translation kind of wording thing I, to say that it's thin skin. No, thank you. Because yeah. like, yeah, you're telling me it's a suit, and now you're saying it's thin skin. No, 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 no. <laughs> see,
1: see, I mean, I'm, I'm not sold that these are suits, right? Which is like, just.
0: Oh man! Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. I'm terrified for the rest yeah. of my life. <laughs> like, can somebody please make a horror movie about the Michelin? Men? Like, oh man! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would be. It really. It, I mean, it, it really needs to be done. You're right. You're right. It's very important. Yeah. yeah, like now, all I can think of is like, if the premise of it will, it follows was Michelin men <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, Jesus. <laughs>
1: it's
0: a missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah. it is. It's right there for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, two of the young men just fled screaming into the night, leaving behind Luis Gonzaga, who could not move. He was paralyzed to the spot. And a minute later, this kind of state passed while the stocky, uh, quote unquote, fat man disappeared. And the object in the sky became so bright that it lit up the entire district and light from the UFO diminishes. And Gonzaga again, he manages to move, uh, gets home. And, and after this for about a month, he suffered from a uh, severe headache. So yep. not the first time we've heard that. No, it's uh it's a feature. It's a, it's a feature. feature. definitely. Yep. so, the one incident that I think uh, is probably the most well known uh, occurred on the island of Réunion. It's in the oh, Indian Ocean, and like it's it's a French-speaking island. Uh, it's it, it's kind of between. Uh, it's actually not that far from uh, Madagascar, but uh, this is July thirty first, nineteen sixty eight. At around nine a.m., so you know this. I, I appreciate when ultra terrestrials can get their business done early in the morning because, like, <laughs> yeah. if you can ta- if you can tackle with that during the day, I think you have a better chance of surviving the night. It's it's uh, you know right. yeah, it's yeah. a survival
1: thing if it comes at like that classic, you know, two to three a.m. witching hour, that's just it's just rude. It's uncouth. You know, it like is. I'm from the Midwest, man. Like, we would never do that if we were all the terrestrials. We would you know, have that decency <laughs> to do it at early hour of the day so you could have the recipe to
0: come to terms with how your life is completely screwed. Exactly. You want to try and get some sleep that night. Like, I, yeah. I like, and I'm sorry, but like the witching hour, it's so passe at this point. Like, it let's, is, it is. let's move on. It's so, five you minutes know? ago, it is. It, it Moving really on, is. It's like, like
1: the Rachel haircut, you know? Like, I mean, we don't need to see <laughs> that anymore. No. people are still getting him what's going on
0: yeah seriously like uh let's let's uh we sometimes there needs to be an intervention and yeah. uh i don't know how we get in touch with the ultra terrestrials but if we could we need to stage an intervention so that they could pick a more convenient time for this crap to happen cuz it's yeah. just it's upsetting as hell and yeah yeah and like With this particular incident, it involves a farmer named M. Luce Fontaine, and uh, this is his direct testimony. Quote, I was at the kilometer 21 mark in a small clearing in the middle of a forest of acacia trees that morning, and I was bending down and picking up some grass for my rabbits when I suddenly saw a sort of oval-shaped cabin in the clearing. It was 25 meters from me, and as though suspended at a height of four or five meters from the ground the extremities of it were dark blue the center part lighter more transparent rather than like a windscreen of a pergo 404 i always love it when people you know relate these yeah. to like french cars because it's like i yeah. really have no uh kind of a context for this but like yeah. Uh, it just seems like I, I will say in the in the reports that I have ever I, I've read, Pergo seems to be the car the go to car for people having like uh, UFO incidents or abduction incidents in because oh, it's interesting. A, yeah, yeah. Well, it's an
1: ex- I, mean, I mean I don't know how exotic it is over there, but you know us people in the states, we you know that yeah, right. you know that's pretty nice. <laughs> you know,
0: somebody's had a good year, you know like <laughs> exactly. That. Exactly. So uh, above and below it, it had what looked like two glass feet of shining metal in the center of the cabin were two individuals with their backs towards me. The one on the left turned right around and so faced me. He was standing small, about 90 centimeters in height, enveloped from head to feet in a sort of one piece overall, a bit like the suit worn by the Michelin man. The one on the right simply turned his head round towards me. But all the same, I had time to catch a glimpse of his face, which was partly masked by a sort of helmet. Both Then both turned their backs to me, and there was a flash, as strong as an electrical arc of a welding machine. Everything went white around me. A powerful heat was given off, and then, as it were, a sort of blast of wind. And a few seconds later... There was nothing there anymore. Then I approached the spot over which the object had been. There were no marks. The object had a diameter of four to five meters. It was about two and a half meters uh, measured through from top to bottom. It was of a what what is that
1: translated into feet? Do you you have any idea?
0: Uh, So the diameter you're talking like twelve to twelve to fifteen feet mm-hmm. so like a meter is about it it's probably a little bit more than that because a meter is like 3.3 3 feet or somewhere around there. Okay, so okay. yeah it it's not incredibly huge but it's big yeah. enough. Um yeah. uh this was you know a blu- uh, of a bluish color and with white on the upper and lower parts I told my wife all about it and then uh uh the gendarme which is like I think it's like the. I don't know if it's like military police or something like that, but I think it's uh-huh. something similar. Um, and everyone at once believed me, which is like <laughs> to end the story like that is just like
1: yeah. <laughs> it's it's just. And this was we use this one again. I'm sorry. Nineteen sixty eight.
0: Sixty
1: eight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, man, that is. I mean, here's just, you know, I don't want to like derail anything, but like, do you have any idea if any of these witnesses who had these, any of these encounters are still alive or like what happened to them after, did they have any other experiences or like, did they just kind of like tell their story and then disappear and go with their life, which I hope they did. I hope they weren't bothered, but like, you know, in case they weren't, I'd be very curious, like, right. If these right. stories held up or if like, you know, they had any other experiences, like I'm always curious about what happened to these witnesses, you know?
0: Exactly. And it's, it's never closure. You never get any closure on these no. type of incidences ever. No. Uh, unless you have, you know, uh, people that go after these cases, because there are certain witnesses that I want to track down and I want to talk to yeah, like, yeah, I've
1: tried and like, you know, and I'm never pushy it. Honestly, a lot of times it's uh, I never hear back, but you know, sometimes I do. And sometimes people will talk. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh I think my dream witness to talk to and one of the cases that kind of propelled me uh, into this subject is the case of a guy named David Stevens, who uh, he was abducted uh, in this really dramatic kind of incident that occurred when he was off one night uh, with his roommate, uh, Glenn Gray. They lived in Maine and they heard this explosion outside what sounded like an explosion. They go outside and then they get this like uh, urge to actually go for a drive. And Mm -hmm. before long uh, they're driving a a little ways, their car is taken over by some unseen force. And, and they're led to this one area with this kind of like open field with trees at the end of it. And they see this UFO just like lift up over this, over the trees, over this car uh at one point during their uh during a hypnosis session they they recounted how the the uh car that they were in was actually pulled by the ufo to the other side of the road and uh wow. david stevens was abducted he has this encounter with um what he describes as like aliens with mushroom shaped heads and
1: <sighs> this sounds okay. very familiar now okay yeah
0: what era and, was this was this early 70s, 70s? this is mid 70s this happened like 10 days before travis walton's abduction really interesting yeah. interesting yeah but like i i i want to talk to david stevens today to see if anything else happened because they had like all well, of this like uh weird poltergeist like phenomenon at their home <laughs> following it yeah, yeah. and and not only that at at his parents home they had really Yeah. Poltergeist like phenomenon. And they recounted how they went to the area again where they had shortly after they had had the UFO encounter. They go to this one area, this one lake. They see these tiny UFOs kind of like flying over the lake. They go back there like a day or two later. There's tiny UFOs flying over it again. So it's like, wow, there's a lot of elements to this case and yeah yeah that's that's my dream case right there i actually i no, someday I mean, I,
1: you should you should see if you, i mean i don't know how you would go about right getting a hold of them there i mean there are ways obviously but like you know you should write him a letter i mean like lord he you know
0: maybe he would love to talk about it right uh that's oh, i encourage you yes uh someday some sometime soon i i it's it's my ultimate goal now to find him and talk to him but It'd be amazing Yes, Uh, what's interesting here is this is not the only sighting of a Michelin-type entity on Réunion. (laughs) Like, there are two. Oh, Oh, boy. So, (laughs) seven years later, uh, on the night of February 11th, 1975, Antoine Severin, he has this dream of grapes. It's it's literally how the report begins. I dreamt of grapes, and he keeps hearing this beeping sound in his head. Uh, And and what's weird is like he describes how this beeping sound—it sounds like it comes closer and then it fades away, and it comes closer and it fades away. So uh, he has this beeping sound in his head for quite a while. The next morning, he can still hear it. uh, Goes on with his day. He tells you know, other people uh, about his dreams and about this beeping sound. And he's, and they're like, yeah, I've never had dreams about grapes, man. I don't know what you're getting. <laughs> <of>. <laughs> you know what?
1: Neither have <laughs> <of> I dude. <did. laughs> yeah. weirdly enough. Not that I recall, you know, maybe, but
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he, he considers seeing a doctor, but there's this kind of like urge that he has is like, no, I can't go see a doctor it's it, it's just like secret inhibition but everything kind of comes to a, a, a front on valentine's day so uh apparently these aliens are all about love but uh antoine asked to he didn't really ask he was just like i need to leave this beeping sound is horrendous so he uh he runs out of his his job which i think he worked in like a shop or something like that and he goes his normal route home this beeping sound grows louder and louder. And he continues to run until some force stops him in the middle of the road. Cannot move mm. uh, forward or anything. So, and, and he wasn't actually all that far from home, but he found that the only direction that he could go towards was a, a, into a cornfield. So naturally we have like, uh, this, is, this is a horror setup here. This is a horror setup. Yep. Uh, Always
1: being led into the corn.
0: Yep. Don't go. Don't, don't do it. Uh, this Mm -hmm. is an advice podcast now. Do not.
1: Yeah. It's a self-help, you know, you have logical. (laughs) (laughs) All Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have an ultra terrestrial fighting. Come, what? <laughs> yeah,
0: that would, that would actually be great. It would be. We should be talk after great. this. We we should probably talk after this about that. Yeah, yeah we, we we will. We will. We're going to we're going to the business now. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm ready for a new endeavor.
0: <laughs> yep. So he runs on through this cornfield and eventually comes towards the uh, outer edge, and he feels this intense heat, accompanied by a blast of air, which is uh something that we've uh run across before many a times and that was when he caught sight of this saucer-like object nearby quote the object was like a woman's hat (laughs) i mean it's it's you know instantly you know what you're talking about here you call it a a sombrero if you want to a a woman's hat is apt um or like a like half an egg placed on top of a saucer. Uh, it was the size of an ordinary car. Everything was shining and glittering. The object hovered just above the ground, and from the bottom, a ladder came down, though it did not touch the ground. Uh, "Quote." Then a weird little man came out of the machine in close-fitting clothes, like the Michelin Man, and he too was all shining, just like the saucer. In his right hand, he held something, also shining, about 30 centimeters long. On the ladder, he seemed to be quite free and easy in his movements. But as soon as he was on the ground, his gait became different. Clumsy. Here we go again.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. These guys, have, have may, I mean, maybe with even without the suits, they would be a complete mess. I mean, you yeah. know, like, maybe this them at their best, you know?
0: Right. Uh, can we get, like... Can we get mythbusters back in the room real quick and yeah. like can we bust the myth about how people would walk around in, in Michelin suits? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're probably No, that's actually
1: 100% accurate. <laughs> Damn it. No. Yeah. No. We thought we thought we'd bust them too. No. But uh turns out
0: <laughs> nailed it 100%. <laughs> yep. Yep. So He walked with his feet together. A second little man came and joined him. And then a third. The first one was scratching the ground. The second one was holding a small bag. Also brightly shining. But I did not see the first one put any earth into it. All three of the little fellows had antennae on their heads. One on each side. I had a profile view of them. At one point, I saw his antennae moving. At that same time. Uh, at that same instant, it really dawned on me what I was seeing. Then suddenly, my gaze moved up to the top of the saucer to the turret, and there through one of the portholes, I saw the head of a fourth quote unquote robot, which is what he's calling them. Uh, I that doesn't help, that doesn't no. help at all.
1: You know, do you kind of, I mean, like, the more rudimentary with the ladder, like, the kind of turret, the more rudimentary, like, a, the craft is, the scarier it is for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when they're really fancy craft, I'm like, all right, you know, that makes sense. They're from somewhere else, you know, but like when they're, like, all, like, weird, like, rusty, like, metal, there's a turret, there's a ladder that doesn't think to the ground. I'm like, right. <laughs> you have busted uh, up Jalabi UFOs. They're wonderful, <laughs>
0: right? Yeah, like I need, I need more Millennium Falcons in my life. Yeah, I need, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I love, I love these like junky ones. They're fun.
0: They are. Uh, uh, have you ever heard? I and it's like a not a very often talked about UFO encounter from like 1983. It was a woman in Alabama, and she like. She was driving down this rural back road and she sees this UFO that's like absolutely ginormous. It looks like a starship that you would see on um, kind of like uh, like maybe Star Trek or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's so big, like it's got these big, huge windows and she's just like, yeah. I saw these people just staring up at me. They're staring down at me. It was cool. It was pretty cool, you know. I wasn't scared or anything. And I'm just like, this thing is too big to not be scared of. Like, yeah. uh, No, thank you. No. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's too overwhelming. Give me that nice little cute one with a misshapen ladder and a rusty turret that needs WD-40.
0: Yeah, exactly. I need to. I I need them to have problems, just like I do. They're fallible. (laughs) They are. They absolutely are. (laughs) (laughs) I think the third little man must meanwhile have given the alarm when he caught sight of me. Then I felt myself hustled onto my back by a powerful flash of light. I was able to see how the little men went up the ladder again faster than they had come down. It ladder was drawn up making a hydraulic sort of sound. Then immediately the machine rose up into the air, emitting a very loud whistle. I wasn't able to see in which direction it went off. And I don't know how long I lay there on the ground. Then I got up and rolled up my trousers and ran straight back here to my parents' cottage.
1: Do not get the end of your trousers muddy. Mom will be mad.
0: <laughs> you know, like... Mom, <laughs> if, she's doing, if she's doing your laundry, damn it. You need uh... to make sure that your trousers are not muddy. I mean, a UFO is scary, but the
1: wrath of a mother with dirty trousers, man. Oh. <laughs> I will I will roll those up before I get out of here, even though I just found Michelin then. Yeah, that's great. No. What a detail. Right? It is that uh, it's just terrifying. It makes me believe it so much more. I don't know if I'm yeah. just like so gullible, but I'm like, yeah, I believe it. I buy it. Steve, Steve <laughs> I dreamt of grapes. I'm in. I'm in. You <laughs> yeah, had me. No. I dreamt of grapes. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> you had me at hydraulic sounds. I'm on board. <laughs>
1: exciting for real though it's so absurd and wonderful i love it it excites me to no end that is like my favorite thing in life cold pizza and
0: that stuff yes cold pizza and hydraulics (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm an offbeat guy (laughs) the aliens know they've they've got your number (laughs) i hope (laughs) so following the encounter antoine would take his father to the spot where the encounter had taken place. And when he reached the spot would fall to his feet and hold his head in his hands as if he was hearing some like uh, incredibly loud sound. And after falling to the ground, he passed out uh, and wouldn't come back to consciousness until about 30 minutes later when his father brought him home. And every time that he tried to go out into that field, he would hear this, the beeping sounds and he would pass out. Yeah.
1: Wow. That's great. <laughs> I mean, not great for him, but it's a, you know, fun to hear about. Sorry, sorry, kid. <laughs> <laughs> God, hey, you're twang. so sadistic, Steve.
0: <laughs> There's a new side of you coming out, Steve. And <laughs> oh, that peepee kid
1: passes out every time he goes the corner. I love it. <laughs> love it. Cut, print, moving on. We got it.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the, you're going to need to use that at some point in your life, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so for the next case, we moved to Argentina, December 30th, 1972 at 10, 20 PM. Uh, this witness is only known by the letters VM, uh, which is, which is interesting because like I have come across other cases where, uh, they call the witness VM for some reason. I don't know if it's like a cultural thing or something like that, but okay, yeah. Yeah. What would
1: Lauren Coleman say? His little name game, uh, mysticism. There might be something there.
0: Uh, right. You know, he'll probably say something about the copycat effect. I don't know. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. He'd have the. Th- he'd have a thought. He'd have a thought. He would. He would have we'll a thought. we we'll run it by him.
0: Yeah, we we totally will. You can swing it
1: um, up to his his main museum at, when you go. Uh, you know, talk to Daniel. Yeah. Stevens.
0: Yeah. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I'm, two I'm birds. yeah exactly like uh i'm gonna have to do a tour of all the sites the ufo sites that i want to see uh you know up in new england all the way down like this is this is my ideal show god damn it put me on tv we will go to these areas i will i will
1: i would love to send you all to you you're the guy in new england you're covering new england right we done we got our guy
0: yep I'm, I'm i'm here we're we're going to exeter we're going uh to, oh. to south middleton where Walking. some like humanoids like plagued a family for about like most of a year we're going yeah. there yeah. yeah
1: yeah as you should as you should yes
0: amazing. so uh this article it was written by pedro Romanuk and um it's about this guy, yeah. VM. He's sitting outside on December 30th and he's drinking uh mate, which is kind of mm-hmm. the uh it's it's uh a, a drink that uh is kind of really well known in Argentina yeah. and some of the other South uh, American countries. But uh we've
1: turned it into a like a straight tea in tea bags here. Right.
0: It's right, still pretty yeah. good though. Still pretty good. Yeah, it is. Uh so he's outside after his evening meal he's surrounded by his dog and his cat who had recently given birth to three kittens uh-huh. and he's just like enjoying the radio and um he, he's uh in the story he's called a, a, a gaucho which uh, in argentina is um you you see them you see the word associated with like the equivalent would be like a cowboy but also like the country folk just kind of like um you know open warm people that if you ran into them they would give you food and drink and stuff like that so uh vm he's this kind of person and as he's sitting there enjoying his radio uh the sharp static sound uh comes in uh, forcing him to shut off the radio. And a, and a short time later, this humming noise, he describes it uh, like a, a, a bunch of angry bees, but like stronger and louder. And the sound just continues to grow louder and louder. And then that's when a light appears above him and it grows brighter It's and, and it's illuminating the ground. And then he sees an object about 25 meters or 82 feet uh, in diameter, hovering above a grove of eucalyptus trees not far by, and the upper portion of this object, it's like this reddish orange color uh, turns to purple, and he could see this like spherical cabin on the top. It's it's definitely kind of your classic saucer structure, and there's a figure inside uh, that he could see through this transparent dome on it it's wearing a dark gray suit made of rolls or cylinders joined together uh and it was standing right in the window their outfit was uh, it it looks very michelin-like when you look at the sketches um and you know it's as if the michelin man went into space that's the best way to look at it because he's got he does have facial features um Eyes, which uh, they describe as kind of slanted and kind of just like a slip for the mouth. Uh, there wasn't really no a nose that was visible or anything like that. Um, but this object tilts down so it could see him. The, the, the beings on board could see him better. Uh, and huh. he sees inside this weird emblem. And he... The only symbol that he could distinguish from it was a seahorse that was wearing a crown. And there were wow. three additional symbols after it. But yeah, there's the seahorse wearing a crown inside this ship. I love that. Yeah.
1: I see. And there we go. There is a detour. I'm like, yep, yeah, I believe it.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That hook, line, locks me in.
1: It's those things like that. I love
0: it. Yep. I uh, mean, in, inside he could see these uh, like clock-like dials and these instrument panels, and as the object tilted, it it kind of f- like flashed a light uh, that forced him to avert his eyes, and then this light enveloped the cat, and then the cat disappeared. Oh. Wait, I, the mother I... of the,
1: the mother of the three kittens,
0: or one of yes. the kittens. Yes, no, the mother of the three kittens. Uh, I mean, I
1: hate to be cruel, but at least it wasn't one of the kittens.
0: Yes, Yeah. I mean, Uh, I have two cats myself, but yeah, I mean, that is
1: horrid. They have no mother.
0: Yes, exactly. Uh, So the humming noise, it grows louder, and the object changes to a bluish-green color, and it moves away from the eucalyptus trees, drops a little closer to the ground, and then it just moves off, leaving this sulfurous odor behind it. And... During the observation, uh, VM actually lifted his bowl of mate to the Eufinad as if to invite them down to have a have a drink. <laughs>
1: he is a gaucho man. What a good country folk! That's good. That's classic country folk stuff.
0: Yeah, no, that, that that's like uh, there was a case in seventy two in um, South Africa, or I think it was in the province of Natal, and these folks kept seeing this, like, like, you know, the blanket from uh brave little toaster. Um, no. No. Okay. So uh, brave little toaster. It's an animated feature. It's uh, you know, all of these household items um, that kind of like, you know, or have anthropomorphic features and there's a blanket in there. And it kind of, this, this mm. alien looked like this blanket in this like cartoon what? on steroids. Like it had, oh. this, it was like 11 feet tall and it had like this face that had like flames coming out of the eyes and stuff. And oh man, yeah. And interestingly enough, like it was seen all throughout this province for like, Like a couple of days, and on the last day, there's this one guy, and he he invites this thing, this eleven foot tall being down for a drink, and then it just takes off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ghosted, like yeah, Yeah. no, I don't get that close to you, man. (laughs) Just want to say,
0: yeah, (laughs) you push it too far. I would feel so rejected. (laughs) Exactly, like. I I would I need to go to therapy for that. Yeah, exactly. I really put myself out there, and, you know. right? And like this motherfucker turned me down.
1: Ouch! 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 Yep. that's gonna take some time.
0: That's uh, Yeah, you're gonna need some healing after that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, after the cad had vanished into the light, it returned to VM forty eight days later and after the you know this incident took place there were a number of health effects that VM suffered from so during the encounter he said that his legs were like tingling the entire time uh, and that tingling didn't go away for about two days afterwards he sure. suffered from headaches for about 14 days after the initial encounter um, and it took him a while to like it lessened over time he suffered from diarrhea for eight days. Which no, that is, that's too you know, long. That, that's not against
1: my worst enemy. When I wish that, you know, that's no, that's too much.
0: That is too much. Uh, yeah. there was there was some nausea and vomiting involved too. He was losing hair, and there were these pustules that formed on the back of his neck, and they just itched like all the time. And he kind of uh, had trouble speaking for a little bit. So the, this guy went through hell. Uh just yeah. to have his just to have his cat taken away from him for 48 days and for a, a UFO to get a better look at him. Dang. Yeah. Uh investigators later found that the tops of the eucalyptus trees were either slightly burned or completely burned. Um, and the UFO oh. was blamed for a large number of dead catfish in the area.
1: Really? Mm-hmm.
0: There was a nearby lake, and there was like a whole gaggle of Dead No fish, kidding. Just, you know. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. So we move now to March 14th, 1976. uh And we're going back to Spain. Uh, uh, Vichetti and Carmen Carell were a married couple, they were driving along uh the roads of Spain's Castellon region at, at around 10 p.m. the couple found themselves uh s- they were seeing this strange kind of uh phenomena and the strange lights in the sky and they reported this kind of like white oval that floated next to their own car and believing at first it might be the headlights of a car on a nearby hill or something like that. Um, they uh they only Made it a few hundred feet before they believed that they were driving into a quote luminous tornado of sorts as an object wow. appeared to rise out of the ground, bathing the object with the car's high beams. Um, th- this this is just it's terrifying. Like no yeah. thank you. Uh, quote. I suppose it had two legs because it reminded me of a human profile. And this is a figure he's talking about seeing on board. Uh, however, since they, the legs were so close together, it looked more like a column than a human being. The thing was tall. Good looking.
1: Good looking. <laughs> <laughs> Even after his world of been he has the wherewithal to be complimentary. I mean, like that yeah. is a true gentleman right there.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. Total, totally is. Uh uh, the couple's uh, initial fa- uh, initial fascination changed to fear as the Reynolds lights suddenly went out, leaving them in pitch blackness. The smell of burning wires soon filled the passenger compartment and Carell, the Corell's were forced to pull over while all this happened. the entity vanished into the darkness, uh, Vincenti and Carmen Corell, their car's electrical system was ruined and they were left to just wonder what the hell had happened to them like (laughs) oh man yeah that is good yeah that's uh like they don't realize the damage they (laughs) do. No, no, I don't think
1: they do. Otherwise, maybe they'd reconsider. You know, their Although it seems like the aggression might have like only ramped up from the seventies into the eighties, if you think about right. it. Right. But, I mean, I, uh,
0: who knows what's happening now? Exactly. You know, we. I don't really we, know. We we don't. None of us do. None of us do. Unless yeah. y- unless you know you're you're out there just investigating things we don't we don't know how aggressive aggressions have you know, have evolved over the years yeah so, i don't yeah.
1: even know it, are the graves a thing i mean i hear about light beings every once in a while you know like in modern times but i mean like the graves i feel like maybe they you know skedaddled
0: you know maybe they, <laughs> or they, they decided come.
1: to not use that form anymore
0: you know like, exactly like you know it it it, it kind of seemed to be a one trick pony for about two decades, and they're like, yeah, I think we've I think we've done this for yeah. long enough. And you yeah. know
1: what? I have to, I had to say I'm not going to miss them. They dominated nah. for so long, and we didn't yeah. get the variants when they were around. And, you know, sorry, I didn't mean to mean to get us off track. I just <laughs> no, just, no, 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 no. I, I had I had to say it out loud.
0: Sorry, I I'm totally down with this. Uh, this gray alien slander. It, it needs to yeah. be.
1: I mean, they're fine. Yes, I mean, look, you know, they were very scary and like, you know, they were weird and you know, very, you know, quiet and stuff. They weren't. They weren't as, like. Well, I have. You know, we should, well, we can talk about it after you're done. I'm sorry. I don't want
0: to. No, no, you. you're, it's all good, man. I totally oh, okay, understand. Okay. I totally yeah. understand those. those sometimes, I
1: sometimes wonder if, like, you know. The 50s, 60s, 70s, we had the the high strangeness was so much more absurd, it seems like, with the contacting cases. I wonder if that was like a reflection of our culture that maybe we were a little more fun loving and like people were like, you know, 100, you know, 150 people would go out to see the Marfa lights and it'd be like selling Mm -hmm. hamburgers out there. It was like a thing to do. And, you know, yeah. Then maybe we became more serious as a culture. like, no, we don't want fun aliens anymore. We want
0: we're too're we're too're we're too serious now. we we want yeah we want the answers. We don't want to go out and get them though. We want the government to give them to us.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe they're part of the whole satanic panic thing. you know like, exactly. it's like things
0: got real weird, man there yeah, they, they did get a little too weird. Um, yeah so in in doing this uh, research, there are a couple of accounts that come from Lon Strickler's Phantoms and Monsters blog, which, you know, it, it's kind of like the uh, it's what I would call the drunk junk drawer of like uh, counts of uh, counts of weird things. So mm-hmm. uh, we we have a, a couple of accounts here. Um, this one from uh, in, an individual that goes by the initials J.M., Um "Quote: I was reclining on my couch, staring at the ceiling while lis- while I listened to some music. If it helps, I was listening to the Who. Um, it does help, sir. Yes, it <laughs> does it does uh, <laughs> a little while? It helps so much? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if you are, sir, if you are listening to Who, are you? Like I, it only makes it better.
1: Oh man. Oh, yeah." yeah.
0: Yeah. A little while later, I I noticed uh, myself zoning out to thoughts and theories uh, and what if scenarios that would just give me stress like nobody needs that. Uh, So I snap out of it and look to my side. And there he is, the Michelin man, about a foot away from my couch hand held up and head leaning in towards me. He didn't look scary. I wasn't scared. I was just curious it was as if he was about to grab me, but I saw him and like some cartoon, he stopped midway. <laughs> Is that a cartoon? <laughs> I, I like, I, I assume like, you know, it, it definitely has, uh, you know, the, the vibes of uh, those uh, angels in uh doctor who where you know, you look at them and they have to stop. So <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's what we're dealing with, something very similar, only in the shape of the Michelin man. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And I saw him walk backwards while still looking at me. Wow. He went behind the curtains of the gallery and just sort of disappeared between them. For some really strange reason, I didn't feel like getting up and investigating. I just laid back and resumed my music. It just kind of sunk into me now, and I thought a chair. I don't feel scared or threatened or anything. In fact, I find myself smiling a little, thinking about it. I don't know what's really going on. I had another weird encounter with an anteater looking humanoid, so I don't know what's up with my house and humanoids. (laughs) I don't
1: know what's up with my house.
0: Yeah, man, I don't know
1: what's up with your house either.
0: I don't uh but that was definitely far scarier than this. (laughs) Wow. I mean you know, Ant
1: Eater obviously would be pretty shocking, but the Michelin man and also I just want to go back to one detail when he said he retrieved back to the gallery. What kind of home does this man have? <laughs> you know, right. Like, uh, he went back into the gallery room. <laughs> he was yes, in exactly. the billiards room.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what kind of palatial state are we talking about here? You know, like, what, what room does Colonel Mustard like to stay in? Yeah. I'd like to know. <laughs> uh, so, Ron, uh, Ron collected a, another account from uh, uh, his, his show Arcane Radio uh hello when i was in my early teens i witnessed something that i i have never been able to explain this occurred in northern minnesota which hey it's northern minnesota i can understand a lot of weird stuff happens in northern minnesota Mm -hmm. Uh, i have included a picture of what it looked like to me uh i was in the woodlot behind the barn around 9 p.m it was in july 1971 and i was out there with my collie dog named bonnie bonnie started barking and running towards the far edge of the woods i called for her but she continued running i started to chase after her as i got nearer to the small field bonnie was laying down looking towards the sky i looked in the same direction and saw a bright yellow light coming towards us light got brighter and larger bonnie barked a few more times and ran back into the woods she was scared Well, I was scared also. The light was hovering (laughs) above me. I felt paralyzed and I wanted to run, but just couldn't move. Yeah, 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 this is no thank you. Uh, I looked at the light and started to make out a shape. I have always said that it was a quote unquote balloon man. It was round in the body and segmented legs and arms. The head was a bright uh, yellow light I couldn't see a face, just a bright blinding light. It hovered for a minute, then moved towards me. It was right in front of me. I'd say it was eight foot tall and very wide. There was an intense heat coming from it also. I had trouble Mm. breathing and was very uncomfortable. Uh, I am uncomfortable as as I read this. Uh, (laughs) Then it started to To hover and circle around me, I thought I was going to pass out. Then suddenly it just disappeared, simply vanished. As soon as it did, I dropped to the ground and started shivering. I could move, but I was so cold and felt weak and sick. I laid there for a long time. I heard my mom calling, and then Bonnie was beside me, barking. My mom was frantic and tried to get me to my feet. I couldn't stand. I was just too weak to move. Soon, my older brother showed up and they carried me to the house. I was sick in bed for about a week. The doctor said I had a severe reaction to poison sumac, which I know wasn't correct. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that's poison sumac. Yeah, like, that
1: doesn't sound like poison sumac to me. I've had it a couple of times.
0: Yeah. Uh, we've it, got, it's, we it,
1: it, It's not fun, but it's not that bad. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I had a sore red rash on my face and arms. The balloon man burned me somehow and had weakened me. Uh, After I recuperated, I told my mom what had happened. She was surprised by what I had described. She knew I didn't have poison sumac, but she didn't question the doctor. I never told anyone about my contact with the balloon man, but I told my brothers not to go into the far field at night. They just laughed. And... (sighs) Yeah, that's Wow man. I you know, the Michelin man ruins lives out here. He's he's out here yeah. ruining lives. Yeah, I
1: mean that's that's you know, and in
0: I I mean I, you know it, it it would be fun to
1: have more current stories, but you know, I think maybe he ran his course. He had terrified enough people, he'd ruined their cars, he'd stolen cats. Yeah. You know, he wore a black he had the goal to wear one black boot. Yeah. I mean <laughs> You know, the
0: nerve. Right. Between between fashion choices, catnapping, and paralyzing people, why isn't there a wanted poster? Get a wanted poster right. out for this this figure.
1: Did did I miss um the date on some of those Lon Strickler stories? Uh did, like what was the most what's the most current one, I guess, that we read tonight? Was it 75 the- is what I'm remembering, but was, was there anything
0: uh the the last last one i read is from 71 i think 71 okay so i think one of them
1: you read was from 75 i believe so gosh so he hasn't been around no there's one from 76 you said um so god it's been a long time
0: yeah you know the michelin man maybe doesn't make house calls as often as he used to but uh i'm glad because uh, it's terrifying. I, and You know, how many people are still encountering, encountering Michelin-like entities in the world? We will never know. We won't know. We because... won't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wonder if Albert Rosales, you know, because he mm. is, is he still collecting? Does he just collect old stories or is he like getting new fresh stuff in? You know, it I, seems I, like he's collecting old ones, but I don't, I don't even know how did he get his stories? Like I always, I'm always curious about.
0: Uh, I think he like I think either people give him stories or he just like hunts down stories like a theme because, he's uh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He has put together like thousands and they're all so weird. (laughs) You know? Uh,
0: We relied on him heavily for the episode about um, aliens trying to disguise themselves as humans because there were a few accounts that he had that were just like, just weird as shit, but uh, Oof,
1: that's that's really scary to me.
0: Yeah. Uh not a fan of aliens disguised as humans no. or or of you know Michelin men out here no. just uh being all creepy and shit, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine you know, if the you know uh passe, you know, image of the White House lawn landing, you know, happens and it's the Michelin <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine Wolf Blitzer covering that story. <laughs> you know what? <like, laughs> Breaking news. I have to admit, just to like, you know, be a disruptor and complete, I would almost love it to be the Michelin Man. Just, I think that would be the, that's maybe the wake-up call we all need, you know? <laughs> right, right. Uh,
0: that is the wake-up call, Wolf Blitzer on TV. Yeah, maybe
1: it <laughs> shock us all back into some kind of harmonious state where we get along with each other. It's like, guys, you know, it could be worse.
0: <laughs> right. The Michelin Man, <laughs> you know? Because we all know that Wolf Blitzer has never laughed a day in his life.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. That man is devoid of any kind of humor or like fun at all. Yes, you know? yes. But he, I think he, even Wolf, I mean, like you might be able to get him. You could, he may break at the Michelin Man.
0: Yeah, he may. He may. In fact, uh, like, I, I'm wondering if I could recount some of these stories to him and he would lose his shit. Like,
1: yeah, okay. I'd like to get you on CNN. You would be yeah. great on
0: Wolf Blitzer. Yes. Oh, uh, Wolf. Here's what's going on, man. (laughs) You ready for this shit? (laughs) Yeah. You ready for these truth bombs, man? Because I don't know if you're going to be able to recover for them.
1: I don't know. We don't go to commercial. Don't go to commercial on me. (laughs) (laughs) They hide the truth
0: behind the commercials. (laughs) Uh,
1: But even like Lon, does like is he such kind of like a known guy? who collects these stories that people just kind of like write to him via Facebook yeah. messenger or something like that. Really? Okay. Yeah. So People just report to him. Yep. It's something you have to earn, obviously. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There are three sources I think that collect like things, uh, you know, unambiguously or, or just like wholeheartedly as it's Mufon, new fork and lawn Strickler.
1: Right, right, right. I mean, i'll be honest if i if i if i I ever run to some high strangers fingers crossed uh i'm going to lawn yeah yeah i'm going to lawn man i I think that's what the fun stuff is yeah because i just follow his work and he has like those little like like meme makers that he has they'll be like Mm -hmm. alabama lizard man turns into sasquatch jumps out of a tree you know like (laughs) start the paper route and i'm like yep that's wonderful it's like he's almost that's almost like the only place you're finding current high strange Mm -hmm. stories that i know of i guess i'm sure there's like a zillion you know three phase of the moon sites that i don't know about but
0: uh yeah blonde stuff has like an old school feel to it it does it does it it definitely speaks to a time when they all weren't greys or reptilians and you know yeah these beings were equal parts terrifying and absolutely hilarious. Well, hilarious. The, that's,
1: that's what yeah. I think the, the, this, the phenomenon is missing the humor aspect of it. I, I really do hope that comes back The humor, the surrealism. That's the good the, stuff. You know, that's, that's what I really love the most. And if I can speak to, if the ultra terrestrials are listening out there, I have a small request, you know, weird it up again. Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah uh, look, Steve is looking forward to your calls and, yeah. and your visits. he <laughs> yeah. wants you to weird it up for him and I, I don't am. blame him. Yeah. Yeah. He's waiting. Yeah. I'll be looking for you tonight. Come on, please. Yeah. Exactly. Like send him some mysterious signals to his brain to tell him to get up, you know, uh, maybe not the witching hour, maybe like, you know, 5 a.m., 6 a.m., yeah. somewhere around please. there and That's say more doable. Yeah. Like, I, I think expecting someone to get up between the hours of 12 and three is just an imposition.
1: I mean, if I you know could be really nitpicky, I'd be like, wake up, make some coffee, have an egg, take some time to yourself, and then come outside. You know, <laughs> you'll be more ready then. Exactly. <laughs> it into it. You know, I'm not a morning person
0: exactly you know we need to wake up a little bit we want a little more accurate re- recollection of what the hell happened to us because lord knows sometimes you don't even have the language to describe the shit and if you're doing it when you're not fully awake when you haven't had that first cup of coffee when you haven't been able to suck down an egg for like five minutes yeah. it, it it changes the whole game
1: yeah, totally. I need to be at my best to experience the high strangeness. Uh, ideally, I, I mean, I'll take it in any form, but, you know, it's just, you know, if they take requests.
0: Yes, if they take requests. Uh, uh, aliens, what are your request lines? Where do we call? Uh, <laughs> yeah, where do we
1: call? <laughs>
0: yeah, Exactly. Like, I want to know where your alien like radio request lines are, because, uh, you know, I, I think we need. I think we're due a greatest hits album here. It's just been too yeah. long. It's been way too See, long.
1: In all seriousness though, um, because I like your, I mean, you know, because I, I love your show. And like I think it's so wonderful how you're tackling all these glorious cases that I absolutely love. Do you are you like kind of like hip to what's going on, you know, currently? Like it, are there contact D like are there any high strange like cases that you know other than just like a quick little meme you'll see online? I mean, it's, it's like I feel like what what's going on with UFOs right now? I mean, I know there's like Tic Tacs and that stuff and then you know whatever, but like what's going on with the extraterrestrials? Are they are they just silent? Like yeah, right. are they sticking like, to the craft?
0: I I think like I think what it is is like it's kind of like that you know that analogy if a tree falls in the woods and you know nobody's around did it right. did it actually do that if a uh, if a ufo uh sighting takes place and there's nobody to report it to mm-hmm. or if those people you, you report it to don't share that stuff as freely as they should did did it really happen i think that's kind yeah. of the the scenario here like uh i'm, with, I'm with you
1: on that i think the UFO, i think the whatever the phenomenon is i i mean i sort of don't even delineate between like, you know, the ghost world, the mm-hmm. cryptid world, all stuff. I sort of see like a lot of this stuff under the same umbrella. And I do kind of think that Bigfoot needs us <laughs> to be seen, you know, like yeah. maybe I yeah. don't know. Like obviously I don't know, but that's, those are the ideas that excite me, I guess these days.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like uh and know, the co-creation
1: thing where, you know, we help create, there might be like an amorphous phenomenon there and we kind of help co-create it. Exactly. like adam gorelly he's got that great story like when he saw like a ufo and he was on acid as a teenager <laughs> he saw like a giant like pinwheel you know and, right. and his, his friends saw like you know something totally different but they both saw something like i think that's super interesting
0: yeah no I, absolutely and it's like uh you know i i kind of hope that there are more Kind of individual investigators that pop up because that's where your bread and butter really came from like when you read yeah. the old journals the old books and right. stuff like that there were like uh, a bunch of individual investigators out there doing it and yeah. i don't think i mean really I think, yeah, like like
1: you yeah you had Kenny on like a couple weeks ago i feel like he's totally doing that you know like i mean because mm-hmm. i think i heard him on i don't know if it was your show or a show a couple a month or two ago but he was like you know He's still, I think, collecting stories. You know, he's a big enough repository and a big enough name where you would feel comfortable sharing your stories with him. Yeah. So, I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, more tennies,
0: please. We need more tennies in the world. We need more tennies? How do do we do that? Uh, Exactly. Uh, I think you just kind of need to go out there and just start asking questions, start asking people. um, You know, uh, and also just like start reading through books old books and stuff like that yeah. and kind of like figuring out you know how to do things and stuff like that learning right. right um you know how to talk to witnesses and that you mm-hmm. kind of have to pester witnesses over and over again until you get the information yeah. that you need
1: yeah really i'm currently goes. doing that to a, a woman who had a fairy a fairy sighting in uh, about like 70 miles away from Omaha, where i am right now and I, I've written to her twice. Very nice. I'm like, you know, obviously, if you don't want to talk to you, I don't want to like mm-hmm. make it careful. But oh my gosh, I am trying to. I, I want her at least tell me where she's <laughs> had this experience right. because, you know, oh my lord, I will be there tonight.
0: Yeah, he, he he's going out there. You know what? He'll go out there during the witching hour to make sure that shit goes down. That's that's. I will, out. man. I'll
1: make sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's how dedicated send me, you are. Send
1: me your cases. <laughs>
0: Steve will take them. When Steve Rob
1: will take New England. I'll take the Midwest.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, we'll just uh we'll tackle this country, you know. We'll uh, figure it out. Give us time. a year or two.
1: <laughs> yep. We'll crack this.
0: <laughs> we will no absolutely problem. crack this. So uh, uh yeah. Uh Steve, thanks so much for joining me for this episode, man. It was absolute blast.
1: <laughs> uh I had so much fun, man. This is so great. I love your show so much, man. You're it, it's 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 got everything I love about this topic. It's got the weird stuff, but really solid testimony, you know, fun stories. And in your, in your shows has got a good, like, just great energy about it. It's very funny. You're a very funny person and you bring out the best in your guests. So, my hat's off to you, pal. Happy to be on.
0: I, I appreciate that. So, uh, where can people keep up with what you got going on? And and do you have any yeah. uh, pro- upcoming projects that you could talk about?
1: Um, I've, I've worked on two TV pouts, I guess this year, and I have no idea what's happening with either of them. I, I, I hesitate to talk about them because a pilot pilots are so conceptual. Mm. It's like, if they pick it right. up, great. If they don't, it just goes away and no one ever knows about it. So yeah, exactly. I've, done, I've done, been doing that. Um, I have a, I was in a movie called uh oh my god it was uh what's it called <laughs> i can't remember what it's called it was directed by olivia Wilde, though but that comes out in september and uh yeah i don't know i'm just doing a lot of writing in in my free time i am uh investigating high strangeness <laughs> I, I was just at a, a bigfoot conference in hastings nebraska on saturday and it was very fun i saw rod moorhead speak that was kind of cool
0: that's amazing that's yeah fantastic.
1: he was he I, I gotta talk to him He was like he's like 80 years old and he is so sharp and he's so cool like to time to talk to me and i was like oh man that's really nice sierra sounds dude <laughs> <laughs> and he's got an interesting take on all this i mean it's you know he's kind of like not like it's a flush of blood primate running around the forest you know he, he's got some pretty like high strange uh, views on the whole thing which i appreciate
0: yeah no that's that's awesome and and like if you're out there talking to the Talking to the investigators and stuff—it's always fantastic. to Get their insights on things. You know, you br- you yep. bring them like cases or, or or concepts and stuff like that, and they're always happy to like talk uh, for like yeah. hours sometimes on uh, on this they stuff. Are. So, they are. Yeah. They. I mean,
1: I am too. If some if a stranger comes up to me on the street and tells me the UFO story, I'll I'll talk to them all day. Like, there's nothing yep.
0: more I'd rather talk about
1: <laughs> in the yeah. world. I don't know what that says about me, but uh, just the truth. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey man like sometimes it's all people need is a, is a, someone to listen to them and uh, hear you, it's man. important care. yeah yeah absolutely absolutely uh so for us here at the Hour straight skies podcast uh, you find us on most podcasting apps. Uh, and if you'd like to help us out, leave a rating, a review. It's always a nice thing to do for the, the podcast that you love. Uh, and if you want to support us monetarily, patreon.com slash your UFO guy. Where for $3 a month. You can get early access to regular episodes like this one. And uh, you get some bonus episodes as well. Uh, special thanks to Floats for the use of their song UFO as the theme I love that song for by this the way. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's like really actual, good. Yeah. Uh Special thanks to Megan Lagerberg for our logo. And realistically, it is a dream to have a logo in which I'm running away from an alien. Uh, it seems, you know, just absolutely accurate to the situation. <laughs> 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 I have no doubt that I would run away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you want it to happen, yet you know how you'd react.
0: Yep, I'm the yes. same way. I talk yeah. a big game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh and and, uh special thanks to the great desdemona for our t-shirt designs uh and finally don't forget to look up because you never know what you'll find in our strange skies or walking on the road in cadiz spain in gray we trust one black boat
1: (laughs) in gray we trust (laughs) I, wish you could stay, cause I not to say
0: Media